Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bill Barnwell Show, the fantasy football trade deadline on ESPN Leagues is Wednesday at 11 a.m. Joining me to talk about players you might want to target either in trade in the next 24 hours or in free agency for a possible fantasy playoff push is ESPN's Mike Clay, the fantasy football expert himself. But before that, before that, I want to get into what's happening all across ESPN, which is the week starting November 30th. We do it every year around the start of the college basketball season to honor our teammate Jim Valvano by supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research, the foundation that he announced in his unforgettable SB speech so many years ago. And Jim's message of don't give up, don't ever give up, means even more to us this year than ever before. We're seeing it hit especially close to home with our beloved teammate and cancer fundraising champion, Vic Vitale, and his recent cancer diagnosis. If you are able to join us today in supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research, you can give by going to v.org slash donate today. Now, here's Mike Clay talking about the fantasy football landscape heading into the fantasy playoffs. All right, joining me now, here is Promised on the Bill Barnwell Show, a regular contributor to the show, a more frequent contributor to Fantasy Focus, where he does excellent work. Joining me to talk about the fantasy football playoffs that are upcoming and possible players you might want to focus on in the weeks to come is ESPN's fantasy guru, Mike Clay. Mike, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing well, Bill. Uh, it's nice to be back on. It's been, I believe, since the offseason, so it's nice to come on and uh, talk some ball with you. I am always excited to have you on, Mike. You, I know, are someone who does an incredible amount of research. You are way ahead of the curve. People are not even thinking about the fantasy playoffs yet. And you, I, even last week, tweeted about how uh, certain guys have great matchups heading into the postseason. You're five or six weeks ahead of everyone else. And so that's why I wanted to have you on. Talk about this, because this is a, a right time to maybe make some drastic changes if you are playing fantasy football on ESPN. The trade deadline, as we record this, about 24 hours away. It's Wednesday at noon, if I'm not, or sorry, Wednesday at 11, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, so I mean, you got about 24 hours from when this comes out or close to that to make some trade offers, try and get some players on your roster. We're going to talk about some guys who have some interesting playoff opportunities for you when it comes to fantasy football. So guys who might have good schedules, guys who might be in interesting positions. And we're going to go uh, sort of roll by roll through the league. So naturally, I think let's start with quarterback. Um, a position where it's been a very topsy-turvy year. I mean, last week it was just total chaos at the quarterback position. Um, but Mike, when you think about the postseason coming up, you think about the you know, whether it's 14, 15, 16, 17, or 15, 16, 17, or 14, 15, 16, depending on what your league's rules are uh, in the new 18-week season. Who stands out to you as a player at quarterback who might not be getting too much attention right now, but who could be someone who might really spike when we get to the uh, postseason and championship weeks when it comes to fantasy football? Yeah, so uh, definitely a few teams that jump out. Um, Believe it or not, someone who has had... Uh, maybe the hardest schedule so far for quarterbacks, but perhaps the easiest going forward is Ben Roethlisberger. I know that you don't really want to invest in him in fantasy. <laughs> yes. Look, I get it. You don't want him in your lineup. I'm just saying, statistically, he has the easiest schedule. So again, I'm not recommending him as a star, but uh, maybe there's a, a situation where he has a, 
uh, an opportunity to stream. But if we're talking more realistic options, uh, guys that I've actually produced, Jalen Hurts has an extremely mm-hmm. easy schedule. We're going to talk a lot about them uh, here in this in this uh, episode because the Eagles across the board have a very light schedule the rest of the way, um, mm-hmm. including the fact that they don't get on an airplane again. Everything is in the Northeast. They're taking buses wow. or buses or playing at home. Uh, so uh, like that for Hurts. Um, he's a little beat up, questionable for week 13 at this mm-hmm. point. But um, nothing major, so we do expect him to play a lot down the stretch. Could be a league winner. Uh, but if we are talking about streaming options, uh, Tua Tunga Viola has been mm-hmm. low key pretty good. He's playing well, shows well in QBR, uh, most statistics, uh, fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's been basically a, a fringe QB one when he's played this season. He is a, a light slate. Uh, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, all those guys kind of jump out as being on the easy side of the schedule going forward. Um, for for someone like a Hurts, I mean. You have a few weeks left in the year now. Quarterback is a position where, you know, typically in most leagues, you can stream someone. You can get someone off the waiver wire from week to week. Um, Whether you do that on a, you know, once every few weeks, you make a move or you are literally picking someone up every week to play quarterback. Um, When it comes to someone like a Hertz, where you know he has maybe higher upside uh, than some guys you might stream and, and certainly maybe has a higher floor. I'm saying that given most weeks, but then I'm thinking about the, you know, where he played against the Giants last week was not exactly all that impressive. But, you know, for someone who has Hertz's upside against a pretty weak schedule, I, I mean, how much does that interest you in terms of being a possible trade candidate? Like, are you really focused on, okay, I, I can get, you know, a, a significant improvement here? Or at quarterback, are you more comfortable, you know, going out and, and streaming a guy uh, mm-hmm. and sort of just picking up maybe someone like a Roethlisberger or a uh, car for the postseason? Yeah. So, um, especially in leagues that start one quarterback quarterback is just not a priority position, right? It shouldn't be. You always have options, uh, whether it's streaming options or finding the next breakout uh, or that you just utilize the depth, right? I mean, most people have a quarterback they're pretty comfortable with. I mean, you know, let's say you have two good quarterbacks right now and you go out and start scrolling through the teams in your league, trying to find someone that could use help that you could try to trade one of your quarterbacks to. I mean, good luck. I mean, pretty much everyone's going to be like, yeah, I'm okay with this guy. You know, I'll roll with Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyler Murray's coming back healthy. I'll use him or Rogers or Jackson or Stafford or Mahomes or Brady or Herbert or Hertz or Allen. You know, I mean, there's just, you know, I, didn't even, I don't even think I said Dak there. You know, there's just so many, mm-hmm. uh, so many options. So uh, it, it's just, it's, it's a tough market to be in as a seller. Uh, if you're a buyer, it shouldn't be as complicated, but um, yeah, I mean, if you can go get Hertz now might be the time, right? For three reasons. He's coming off a dud. He mm-hmm. is questionable for this week and he's a buy next week. Yep. Right. So if you're in a position where you have a good record, you're going to make a run and uh, you think you can get your hands on him at a discount and then have him for weeks, say 15, 16, 17, when it accounts the most. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely be interested in trying to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, certainly uh, when Hertz hits, he has, you know, he's not the same side as a running back or a wide receiver just because. Um, you know, their quarterback floor is pretty high, but I mean, just incredible upside for Russian quarterbacks and, and Hertz is certainly going to have that in his pocket uh, as we get to December and January here. Yeah, um, he is. It just, just a quick final note. He has uh, two duds that people will point to, including this past week, but he has 10 top 12 weeks. That's his other 10 games. He, he has 10 <laughs> top 12 weeks. No one else in the entire league is more than seven. So that just shows you what he has delivered this season. Yeah. I mean, do you think in general people are too sort of reactionary to one week 
when it comes to thinking about fantasy football on the whole? Oh, we are. I mean, that's a natural human instinct, recency bias, right? So it's easy to get caught up in that. You just have to, and it's part of the game of fantasy. You have to see through it and find ways to not overreact and understand that, you know, sometimes a down week is good for you because you could take advantage. And that's especially the case in DFS. You know, you know, a guy is really good and they have a down week or two. That's where you want to invest because everyone else is scared of that player. You know, sometimes there's a reason they are, you know, but uh, other times guys are in a spot where they could bounce back. I think of a guy like DK Metcalf right now having yet another dud. Like it's just he feels like one of them guys that's too good to fail. And if he comes back and is a huge game, no one's going to be surprised. But yet everyone's afraid to use him. People want to bench him now, you know, so I'm I'm switching Mm -hmm. positions. But I think the point. Uh, the point stands. And that's kind of the case with Hertz. Again, with this current situation, not 100% by week coming up, coming off a dud. Now would be maybe the best time of the year to pounce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, Jalen Hurts is someone who, you know, the Eagles are going to be in a, a push for a possible playoff spot. The schedule is very easy. I mean, like you said, not only are they staying in the Northeast, but most of their schedule coming up, I believe all except for one game, if I'm not mistaken, is against the NFC East, where defenses are inconsistent. Their one other game is against the Jets, who yeah. I mean might be might be the honorary member of the NFC East when it comes to how they play. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely agree. I think Jalen Hurts is a you know the perfect example of the guy who you might want to target right now if you can in the next 24 hours or so. Um, you mentioned you sort of alluded to wide receivers a little bit, talked about DK Metcalf. Let's get to the other part of the passing game there. Let's talk about wide receivers. Um, we'll start with the Eagles. I mean, Jalen Hurts, you said, is a trade candidate. Um, that is a team that wants to run the ball quite a bit, and their run rate has increased uh, over the last few weeks, the Giants game maybe being an exception. But in terms of what you would expect from the rest of their passing game, like like I know that you're interested in Hurts, you're interested in Devontae Smith, you're interested in uh, Jalen Rager might be a little too far out yeah. for anyone but you know in terms of the receivers they have there in philadelphia like like if you're interested in hurts are you also interested in the guys he's throwing the ball to yeah i want maybe like uh john brown like maybe sign him off of jacksonville's practice squad and you know mm-hmm. have someone who can catch the ball uh behind Devontae yes. smith that would be nice uh we'll see if how we can get a little creative at wide receiver it would be uh very helpful for the eagles after what just happened this past week but you know more realistically uh, the answer is yes. I mean, the Eagles, like you said, they have the Jets, then the bye, then Washington, the Giants, Washington, and Dallas. Uh, mm-hmm. After the bye, there's three or four at home, you know, so that's you're sitting pretty here as you go into the fantasy playoffs. Um, the Eagles wide receivers, I have with the second easiest schedule going forward. So that really, mm-hmm. you know, Quez Watkins, you're not starting. Jalen Rager, you're not starting. Uh, Devontae Smith, though, you feel pretty good about him. And he's been kind of up and down this year. Don't get me wrong, but he's still a top 30 fantasy receiver with a very nice schedule going forward. You know, the Giants are decent on the perimeter, but Adore Jackson's hurt right now. And Washington has shown some signs of life as of late. So it might not be the second easiest going forward. Realistically, this is based on, Mm -hmm. you know, fantasy points allowed um, based on, you know, what we've seen from them as of late, but it's still going to be a positive matchup. So feel pretty good about it. Uh, The only team I have ahead of them, Bill, is Miami and Jalen Waddell. They haven't had their buy yet. But Jalen Waddell is wide receiver 12 in fantasy right now. He has been outstanding. He was the number one scorer this past week. And he is a very, very attractive schedule going forward this season. But, you know, he's already he's already pretty much rostered everywhere, right? So where do you look? Well, you know, in shallower leagues or maybe even some 12-team leagues, Devontae Parker and Will Fuller may be out there. And they, they're getting close to a return. So if you're looking for a lottery ticket, 
That is not, those are two names that you could throw on the end of your bench and you might have yourself a flex that goes off because of the easy matchups down the stretch. So those are names I'm keeping an eye on. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think that's a good example of, you know, yes, it's going to be tough to trade for Jalen Waddle coming off of a, a week where he was the wide receiver one. He has 103 targets this year, seventh in the NFL. So, I mean, you know, whoever has Jalen Waddle has been waiting for Jalen Waddle to play like this. It's going to be tough to get him at this point, but someone like a Parker or a Fuller, I think is going to be much more likely to uh, be available in your league, like we said, in a shallow league or be available for trade where it might just be a guy off your bench right. where you can trade for one of those guys. Um, and, and certainly, you know, Fuller's situation has been so weird this year. Um, Parker seems maybe, you know, a little closer, yeah. but uh, again, like Fuller's also not going to cost very much if he is rostered. Um, so you know, I, I absolutely think those are guys to go after. I would imagine Mike Kosicki, if you're talking about tight ends, is going to be someone who um, would also come up as a guy who's basically a wide receiver masquerading as a tight end in that offense. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. And I mean, yes, no one wants to play Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. Now, he did have two good games before the Bengals lost last week. But I would say two things. Number one, I thought it was pretty telling that the Steelers had Ben Roethlisberger in the game deep into the fourth quarter, throwing the football, when I think a lot of teams would have said, hey, here's our very old quarterback. Let's let's give him the rest of the game off and let's bring in, some, bring in Mason Rudolph, throw the ball around for a bit. And number two, even if we are a little skeptical about Ben Roethlisberger as a quarterback, I, I don't know that that same skepticism extends to his wide receivers and his tight end, all of whom I would figure are players that you'd be comfortable uh, going after as possible trade targets in the weeks or in the, the day to come. And then um, as players you might want to look after if you are in an extremely shallow league. Yeah, so the problem is, I don't know if you're going to be able to get them at a value. You know, Deontay Johnson right now is wide receiver 14 this season, and he missed a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about a high floor. I mean, he has finished yeah. no worse than 26, that wide receiver in fantasy points, every week since week two. Uh, so he's just been so good. I mean, in terms of bust rate, I think only Cooper Cup and yeah, only Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel have been better this year. So mm-hmm. he's been he's been terrific. Um, if people are down on that offense, you know, maybe that your league manager's uh, tired of Big Ben and frustrated and you can get J- Johnson as a discount. Fine. I mean, I haven't ranked as a top 10 play this week, so maybe he is still a little uh, undervalued. I know he is in Dynasty, so that's a guy to look mm-hmm. at. And Chase Claypool. Yeah, I mean, he's been, you know, after such a flashy, big play, volatile rookie season, he's been kind of just ho-hum this year. You know, you don't hear mm-hmm. much about him. He just has decent games here or there. Um, you know, he's, he missed some action, obviously, uh, with injuries, has, has had some duds, but you know, maybe he's a guy that could finish strong. And I do have the, the Steelers with a slightly above average schedule for receivers. It's very appealing for quarterbacks, uh, but not quite as much for wide receivers, mm-hmm. but you know, Claypool plays a very significant role, obviously with no Juju Smith Schuster there. So, uh, yeah, he's a guy maybe you could be interested in Pat Fryermuth. Good luck with that. I mean, he's been so good mm-hmm. over the past month and a half that I, I don't think anybody's really trading him right now, but. I would say this, if you are in a dynasty league, right, and you're you're bordering on elimination or you are eliminated, that's a great guy to go after. Right? You know, we're all going to rank him as a, as a mid-range tight end one next year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure people are completely sold just because he's a new name. So that's a guy to go after Kyle Pitts as well. Like if you have, say, Tra- Travis Kelsey, what a name to be trying to trade right now. You know, you can help mm-hmm. somebody win their league and then you can get much younger by going after a, a Pitts or a Friar move, something like that. Yeah, Pitts, I mean, one touchdown this year, 
which, I mean, given his target rate, just seems preposterous. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8-Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. Chase Claypool, I mean, I know that I'm preaching to the choir here, but classic uh, example of touchdown regression past the mean. Uh Nine touchdowns last year on 62 receptions this year. Uh, only 37 receptions, so his receptions are down, but only one touchdown on 37 receptions. I, I don't think that is likely to keep up moving forward. So a guy who might be productive, even if he doesn't have crazy uh, target numbers the way Deontay Johnson does. Although I'm going to actually say, now that I look at this, nine targets for him in the Chargers game week, 11, eight targets just uh, on, on Sunday against the Bengals. So mm-hmm. um, a guy who, you know, with a bit of a touchdown balance, having a regular role in the offense, could be a more viable receiver than maybe he's looked like so far this season. Um, In terms of that receiver uh, schedule rankings, who else stands out to you as an easy schedule when it comes to receiver? Uh, Dallas is third on the list. So I have Miami, Philly, and Dallas. Uh, The Cowboys, three of their next uh, four opponents are top five in fantasy points to receivers. They do play Washington twice. And again, Mm -hmm. a little better against Seattle, but, uh, you know, they give it the – he had a couple touchdowns. Freddie Swain was wide open. Tyler Lockett had a big play. Uh, I think if yeah. Seattle would have actually targeted DK Metcalf, he would have had a, <laughs> a much better game. Um, and they do play the Giants in week 15. And that's like, uh, they're kind of mid-pack against receivers, but they already played this season. And CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper both reached 15 points in that game. The only problem with Dallas's schedule is championship weeks. You know, 17 and 18, they play the Eagles and, and uh, Cardinals, both very good against receivers. But in the meantime, a very light schedule. And how about this one? This is a very interesting one because their top two receivers are on IR, but the Titans mm-hmm. have a very easy remaining schedule for wide receivers. So Julio Jones, probably on some waiver wires, may come back healthy in a week or two. And uh, after the bye and AJ Brown too, he'll be back from IR. I, I suspect he'll be on IR the minimum three weeks and then back. So uh, again, you know, if you, you're looking for lottery tickets, those are uh, that's a place to look for sure in Tennessee. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, especially Julio, a guy who, you know, I, I think a fair number of people have totally given up on. And maybe that's fair. I mean, a guy who has not been healthy pretty much this entire season. But we know Tennessee has an easy schedule. We know that they're not going to be running the ball quite as much as they did in years past. They're going to put a little more, I think, on Ryan Tannehill's shoulders than they have in years past without Derrick Henry, who, um, again, we don't know, I suppose. But Adam Schefter, uh, who is as plugged in as anybody on the planet when it comes to the NFL, has said that he expects Derrick Henry to miss the rest of the season. So, I mean, if they do throw the ball more, you, you have, you know, teams who, uh, you know, are, are can be aggressive. The Steelers can be aggressive on defense. The, the Dolphins can be aggressive on defense. Julio Jones can make big plays. I mean, we, he's done this now for what seems like an eternity. And even if he's not the Julio Jones of old, again, if you're getting him for free before the fantasy playoffs, that's not the worst idea in the world to go up and, and, and sort of take a flyer on. A Hall of Fame wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, we haven't seen him much or healthy much this season, mm-hmm. but when he was early in the year, he did have a huge game, right? He had that six-catch, 128-yard game against Seattle, 
back in week two. Now it's just four games after that. He didn't clear five targets, but again, when he, he he's eligible to return before AJ Brown is. So if he comes back and he's their number one and you know, there's Marcus Johnson and Chester Rogers and Nick Westbrook are their other targets. I mean, Jones could be right back in there seeing eight or nine targets for a couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, definitely a guy that could kind of sneak in there to maybe some wide receiver three value for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, let's finish up here with running backs. Um, I know that there is, uh, of course, just absolute chaos at running back. Christian McCaffrey's done for the year. Dalvin Cook is hurt. Alvin Kamara is hurt. Uh, Derek Henry's been hurt for, for several weeks now. I mean, it, it's just a, a total messy landscape when it comes to running back, which might be to your advantage if you are someone who needs to go out and trade for someone now in the next day or so, or there, have, there are free agent opportunities to be had. Uh, Mike, in terms of what you see from the schedule perspective, who stands out as um, either a running back or a team that has interesting opportunities ahead for the running back position? Yeah, there's a couple that stand out. The big one without question is the Denver Broncos running backs. They have Mm -hmm. the easiest schedule straight up looking at fantasy points allowed. And if you adjust for volume, which is something I look at, right, some teams are you know, the best example I could use is Tampa Bay, right? They give up a lot of production to receivers and quarterbacks. Why? Because they're thrown on a lot, right? Teams are behind. They have to throw on them. So I adjust for that as well. Uh, regardless of which way you look at it with Denver, they have the easiest remaining schedule for running back. So it's good news for Javante Williams, no question, but also good news for Melvin Gordon. Like everybody wants Javante Williams to happen, but his role hasn't changed. You know, he's still, it's not expanded at all. He's still sharing it almost 50-50 with Melvin Gordon. Honestly, I can't remember uh, a backfield like this where all season long, it's just like no change. It's 50, 50 every week. Uh, you know, occasionally Williams has a big game or Gordon has had more big games, but the usage has been pretty much the same every week. And Williams actually doesn't, you know, he only has two weekly finishes better than 25th. So he's not been as good as we kind of hoped. Uh, if mm-hmm. one of them misses time, the other is going to be an RB one in fantasy. There's a lot to like, you look at, uh, then the chief, they play the chiefs this week. Then their next four defenses that they face are all eighth or worse than fantasy points allowed to the running back position. So, uh, both of those guys set up really nicely. We're going to give them a boost down the stretch. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Elair, second easiest schedule going forward. So, you know, he's been wow. disappointing this year, you know, dare I say he gets it rolling down the stretch and, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, San Francisco, Elijah Mitchell, and the one more, I'll give you one more, uh, same as last year. You know, we talked about this guy as being a potential league winner. David Montgomery, the Bears oh, have no. an extremely easy rest of season schedule. Maybe Montgomery could do it again. Remember, final six weeks last year, he was easily the number one scoring fantasy running back. He was he had like 20 plus points every week. So uh, nice, nice situation for him down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did work out. I mean, I know people who won leagues because they had David Montgomery oh, yeah. almost by accident. You know, they, they fell into it, not even realizing uh, that they had a, a running back one on their roster, but David Montgomery absolutely worked out that way. Um, in, in terms of that Bronco situation, I, I think it's such a fascinating spot because it feels like, you know, if you read fantasy football analysis, of course I know you do, um, it's almost felt like an inevitability that Javante Williams was going to take over this role at some point. And hey, we've seen rookies kind of grow into that spot and then eventually have that role developed for them. Someone like a Cam Akers, where Cam Akers was not the guy for most of the season in Los Angeles, but then, hey, you get to December, he has a good game. Suddenly he's the guy in Los Angeles. Um, when it comes to attacking this position, when you're trying to be forward thinking, like, are, are you sort of going along with what has been the popular perception and you're targeting Javante Williams or 
are you being contrarian and saying, okay, this is everyone believes this, so I'm going to go in the other direction. And and they've expressed a bit of a preference for Melvin Gordon um, so far this season, at least in some situations. Uh, I'm going to go after Melvin Gordon because he's undervalued. Like, how do you attack this if you're someone who wants to go after someone in this Broncos backfield? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because Williams is going to be way more expensive. You know, it just perception matters. And I think that might be a reason to pivot to Gordon, you know, as more and more people, you know, you say the Broncos have the easiest remaining schedule. People are going to say, all right, Javante Williams time. But Gordon mm-hmm. continues to outscore him. And uh, he didn't this past yeah. week. He didn't this past week, but, but the week before he did, the week before that he did. And most weeks this season he did. In fact, three straight coming into this week, he had been, had more points. So uh, he's been the better producer, and he's going to come a lot cheaper. So Gordon may be actually the route to go just because Javante is going to, you know, again, the, the market's so high on him. Uh, and it's not – it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be as high as it is. So uh, Gordon, you know, probably the guy to go after. Uh, I, you know, I, I feel like if it's one for one, right? Like if the cost is equal, mm-hmm. I'd want to go Williams just because yeah. the younger guy usually does ascend, and that's what you would kind of expect down the stretch. Not to ma- not to mention he looks a little bit better, more flashy. But yeah. again, cost matters, and if you can get Gordon at a discount and he ends up crushing it in your flex spot or in the fantasy playoffs, that's a win for you. You know, you don't care once week seventeen wraps or eighteen, depending how long you play. Who cares? You know, they're all they're all equal. It's back to back to next year's draft, decided dynasty. So uh, might as well go Gordon. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, in terms of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I want your expert opinion here. Uh, as someone who selfishly invested quite a bit in Clyde Edwards-Alaire heading into this season, the returns have not been what I would expect. And, and I think that if you talk to a Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, fantasy investor, they would probably say the same thing I'm saying. In terms of your perspective, looking at maybe players from the past or, or, or different sort of archetypes of, of different running backs, like what are the chances that he does turn it around? And, and whether it's the easy schedule, whether it's just getting more reps, whether it's growing more into his role, whether it's the offensive line improving, like, like have you given up on Clyde Edwards-Alaire or do you think there actually is um, still running back one upside here for a guy who, I mean, I think we all expected to be a fantasy superstar when he got drafted by the Chiefs. Yeah, I definitely did. He was my number one running back that year, which I felt validated with because mm-hmm. he was the first running back picked and Kansas City of took course. him and you feel good. And then Jonathan Taylor happens and you're like, wow, I was a fool. Like, was... <laughs> that's not fair. Yeah, that's that's not cool uh, at all. So um, that being said, uh, I don't know that he'll be the player I kind of hoped, you know, his, his efficiency profile coming into the pros was unbelievably good. I mean, off the charts, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so I was very optimistic that he would kind of follow the Kareem Hunt path because he was very similar. Hunt looked like a super undervalued prospect, obviously went in the third round and, and he has mm-hmm. been very, very effective when he's been on the field. Um, and Edwards Elair hasn't been there, but I think there's still hope. I mean, he's still very young and also better than I think. Yeah, we all realize. Okay. So he, he started off slow. Don't get me wrong. Weeks one and two duds, but then he comes back 17 points in week three, then 19 mm-hmm. points in week four. And you're like, okay, here we go. Now we're good. You know, he's right back in the RB one mix. Then week mm-hmm. five, he gets hurt. Okay. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, well, he's gone for a month and a half comes back last week, or, you know, two weeks ago, they just had their buy RB 14 with 16 points. Right. So three of us, his last three full games, Bill, he's been a top 18 running back, you know, 16 plus points, all three games. If that continues the rest of the way, you're, you're, you're happy with that. You know, it might not be 
you know, that's basically what you drafted him to be. You know, he wasn't a first round pick this year. He was the year before. It wasn't this year. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. If he, if he can continue, if he continues what he doing, what he has done his past three full games, you're happy with that. Yeah, I think so. And the fumbles were an issue earlier in the season. Uh, I, I don't think there's reason to think that's going to keep happening. He didn't fumble at all. His rookie season, uh, of course, hasn't fumbled in the ensuing few games. I, I think he is going to be fine. Um, you may, like you said, have to retemper your expectations. That, that prior of him being, you know, the the overall running back one, it, it's tough to see that happening. But we've all heard so much about, hey, the Chiefs are going to be attacked by teams playing cover two, getting safeties deep, getting them out of the run fits. And when that's happened in the past, the guy who's benefited from that has been Clyde Edwards O'Leary. We saw last year when the Texans did that in week one, Clyde Edwards had uh, 25 carries for 138 and a touchdown. When the Bills did it in week six, or yeah, week six, Clyde Edwards O'Leary, 26-161 as a running back. So, I mean, the, the passing game usage has been surprisingly not there. I think that's sort of the thing that really confuses me given his profile coming out of school. But I do think He's going to be a guy who gets a bunch of carries. And we've seen him be a guy that Chiefs are more comfortable using inside the red zone, inside the five-yard line than they were for most yeah. of last season. So I did think that, you know, if, if the passing game usage ever showed up again, he'd be really valuable. And I do think that he's going to have the opportunity to run against some very light boxes behind a very good and, and certainly improving offensive line uh, in the weeks to come. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to your point, by the way, he only has 77 carries, so small sample, but he has the highest expected yards per carry among qualified running backs this season. Mm-hmm. And, and a big part of that is the light boxes. You know, he's faced some of the lightest boxes in the league as the uh, the seventh highest yards before contact as well rate. So um, no question about it. He's been in position for high efficiency runs, and he's averaging 4.8 yards per carry, which is extremely mm-hmm. good. So uh, there's there's definitely reason for some optimism here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. I mean, is there anyone else who stands out to you as someone you want to mention as a, a, a person people should be targeting in the weeks to come? Um, I think that those are the main targets. I mean, we didn't get into tight ends. I mean, Denver uh, jumps out. Uh, Washington, mm-hmm. Logan Thomas just came back. Washington and Denver stand out with very easy schedules at the tight end position. So uh, I'd keep that in mind. And um, I actually just tweeted, we're, we're recording this on uh, what Tuesday morning. Uh, yep. just tweeted the rest of season uh, strength of schedule chart. So basically exactly what I'm reading off now, what we're talking through, you could see every team, every position, and that's on uh, on Twitter at Mike Clay NFL. So you could kind of sort through that and, and pick for pick for yourself. Awesome. I just retweeted that as well. So you can check it out on Mike's Twitter at Mike Clay NFL or on my Twitter at Bill Barnwell. Um, and Mike, where else can people check out the work you're doing? Yeah, sure. Uh, ESPN Plus, for sure. That's where uh, pretty much everything is. We have the receiver cornerback uh, column every week that comes out on Wednesday. And the playbook, that's a new thing I'm doing this year, which is a lot of fun. Just like a, a little chart that shows you the projected points, the rankings, the matchup rating for every key player in every single game every week. And uh, just a little bit of bite-sized analysis, right? Quick, uh, quick nugget on each player, basically, to tell you what you need to know. Um, really enjoyed doing that. So that, uh, that runs through, you know, the weekend leading up to the game. So, uh, that does you know, some player prop stuff in there, all kinds of fun stuff over at ESPN plus it's been a, it's been a grind bill. Uh, we're in week 13 mm-hmm. now. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, but uh, we still have a month or so to go here. One of the hardest working men at ESPN is Mike Clay. Mike, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. Always fun. Thanks a lot, Bill. All right. As always love having Mike Clay on the show to talk. Fantasy football, hope your guys' seasons are going well. I'm in a bit of a losing streak, I'm not going to lie, so it's been rough the past few weeks. 
hopefully Mike's advice helps turn my seasons around. But hope you guys enjoyed the show. We have more audio coming, talking about the NFL next week. So thanks so much for listening and more on the way.